Thank you for joining us on our LWCC podcast. Right now, you're going to hear a message from our senior pastor and founder of Living Word, Pastor Ruben Reyna. Let's jump into our word. something like that it just uh, gets you going right and then to hear him sing and all that good stuff well welcome to the house of the Lord uh, especially here among the living if you're alive say amen I'm alive all right I was gonna do something yeah I want to pray for all the uh, graduates and maybe uh, all the ushers can go get them for me, all the graduates, because I, I think I just need to lay hands on all of them because they, they worked hard, they did everything that they were supposed to do, and we had a bunch of them. I could not believe how many we had. So I'm so happy that they got educated. Now they're gonna go somewhere else and get more education, go to college and all that good thing. And uh, so we wanna pray for them. So. Hopefully they'll come real quickly. And as they come, give them a good clap offering, okay? All right. I think there's more, right? There, there's a lot more. But because I didn't tell everybody, I always do everything at the last moment. That's my signature. <laughs> there she is. Okay. Let's move you here, Papa. Okay, don't just stare at them. We're going to pray for them, okay? <laughs> now they know how I feel. <laughs> ah, I know there's more. Is there more out there? Ushers? That's it? Okay. So I want you to all stretch your hands with you. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for all these young men and uh, our young lady that's here. I just pray your blessing upon them. Lord, I pray for a special anointing upon them. I pray that you strengthen them. I pray that you will lead them and guide them to wherever you're going to put them, Father. I pray that you give them much grace and much favor so that they can accomplish a whole lot of things, oh God. Oh God, I open doors, Father, open doors. And most of all, open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that they will not be able to contain, oh God. In the name of Jesus, I thank you now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, give them a good clap, Father. Love you, Papa. Yes. That guy's a miracle right there. All of them are miracles. Some are just more miracles than the others, you know. Well, I want to start off with Caleb again. And I want to go back to Mr. Caleb because he was a man that 
in Joshua 14, verse 12, Caleb was 85 years old. 85 years old where God, all of a sudden, he came to a place and a time where he had to tell Joshua, Joshua, give me that mountain that Moses promised me. In other words, after all those years passed by, I am reclaiming my blessing. Sometimes we have to reclaim our blessing. It's not over just because you've gone through so many hard times, but the blessing is still there. If God promises, he's going to deliver it. So you ought to embrace yourself and say, you know what, God promised me this, promised me that, I am going to embrace it, and I'm not going to let go of the blessing of God. So when we think of Caleb, Caleb had one more quality in his life. Not only did he have a different spirit, not only did he serve God with a whole heart, but Caleb pushed forward. At 40 years old, he pushed forward, and he did everything that was commanded by Moses to do. And at 85, he's still pushing forward. He says, I am going to take the land that God wants me to take. And I'm going to press forward. So another quality that we need is that we need to press forward. You can never look back. Because the Bible says if you look back, you're not fit for the kingdom of God. Forget about all your failures. Forget about all the battles you had. Let's just look forward and say to God, I'm going to possess what you have promised me. And when you do that, you're developing this spirit inside of you that you will not stop. You will push and push forward. And sometimes you got to tell your flesh when your flesh wants to stop, you got to tell yourself, you would, you're not going to stop, turkey. You're going to get up and you're going to be an eagle and we're going to fly and soar again. So we need to be that type of people because God wants to make us Great warriors, not only just little warriors, but great warriors. And I want to read the scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. It says, it says these words, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearance. appearance. Do thy diligence to come shortly to me. Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing us to wake up this morning. Thank you that we can just put our hearts, put our spirit right in front of your throne and say, Abba, Father, my daddy, you care for me more than I care for myself. You have never failed us. You have been awesome in our lives. And we want to say thank you. Thank you, thank you. That even when we don't want to go forward, you push us. And I want to thank you for that push of aggressiveness. In Jesus' name we ask, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a drop on yeah. <clears throat> so what we need to, from Caleb is we need to develop that warrior spirit inside of us. 
You need to keep fighting and pressing forward. Caleb had that inside of him, and he did not want to retire. Nowhere in his body was there an ounce of retirement at 85. He wanted to keep going. There was no retirement. And you ought to tell your body, you're not going to retire early until God says, I'm done. Because when you say that, you're actually speaking life to your body. This body is subject to the Spirit of God. Even though you think it's not, it is. Because every time my body tells me I want to go this and I want to do that, I say, shut up, flesh. You're going to do what God wants you to do, whether you like it or not. And he doesn't like those words, so I get to tell him all the time. In the book of Acts, chapter 20, verse 24, Paul said these words, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me. And the task of testifying to the gospel of God, God's grace. So this is the task. I am going to keep testifying regardless of what's going on. I'm going to keep going forward and I'm going to speak about the grace of God of what he has done for me all the time. Now, if you think about it, you're sitting here. I don't know how long you've been saved, but when you really stop and think how much God has put up with you and how much he has pushed you forward and you literally obeyed the voice of God. And the reason why you're sitting here and the reason why you're serving God is because you decided, you decided that you were going to do what God wanted you to do. That I may finish my race. That's what he says, that I may finish the race. We are in a race. Whether we understand it or not, we are in a race. When I turn around and see all my grandkids and all of the kids serving God, I, my heart bubbles up because I am glad that I kept on running. Even when I was crippled, I wanted to stop, but I didn't stop. And you and I have to understand that. As mom, as grandpas, you have to look around you and say, man, look at all this flock that God has given me. God has blessed me because I haven't stopped. And even when I didn't deserve it, God blessed me in the middle of it and then put me back on the track and look at the blessing that I see with my own eyes. So we need, we need an ability to keep us going. An ability to keep us going. Because God is able. Say it with me. God is able. Say it a little louder with, with a hot sauce. God is able. Yeah. One more time. That sounded better. God is able. So don't ever say that you can't do it. No, God is able. Don't ever let your mind trick you in the devil trick. No, God is able. Well, I don't, well people are going to say this and do say that. Shut up. Just shut up, mind. God is able, and I'm going to pursue what God has in front of me so I can do anything that God places inside of my heart. Don't ever listen to yourself because yourself is the most doubting person that ever lived. How many have ever hurt yourself? You're hearing yourself, and yourself always tells you, ah, you don't know, look at your hair, it's all crooked. <laughs> You don't, you don't look pretty no more. You're old, you're wrinkled. You, know, you don't even know how to walk right no more. You don't even know how to put clothes together no more. The colors, you're off. 
You need to just say to your mind, you know, shut up. Just shut up. I am only going to listen to God's impressions, and I'm just going to move forward. I'm going to press through every single thing that I have to press through. I want to read a scripture here in the book of Matthew, verse 14. A simple little scripture, but it's always touched my heart. It says, for many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. How many, all of us are called, but we have to determine to finish well. Finish well, because if God called us, then he called us because he wants us to do something. The problem is, is what the Bible is saying here is that it's important to understand that you can quit when God wants to take you further, you can quit. Many are called, but few are chosen. Will you allow yourself to be the chosen one? So that comes in with a decision. I will live because I've been chosen by God. And because I'm chosen by God, I'm going to accomplish what God wants me to accomplish. So you got to step into the race. You got to become a spiritual person, a person that understands that the spirit lives inside of you and that that spirit called the Holy Spirit has to control your mind, your heart, and your will. And if it can control that, you are a chosen one that you will finish the race. So if you want to finish the race, there's three things that you're going to be needing. One is durability. Durable. When I go buy tires, they always tell me, here's a tire. It's a good tire, but it's not that durable. Then this, bring me another tire, it says, this tire is medium. And then they bring me the third one, it says, this one is durable. You can take it anywhere you want, even out, 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 out into the country and, and, and you know, go to the hills and all that. And this is durable. Well, the word durable means this. Able to resist wear and tear. Able to, able to hallelujah, resist wear and tear. Wear and tear. I remember when I first started the radio, running this race at the age of 22, not 20, I went to Bible school two years, and I would tell my teacher, can I bring in Stella? Because I can't afford the Bible school, and I'm the only one working. And my teacher would tell me his name was Camarillo. And he says, yeah, bring her in. And I remember Stella went to Bible school with me, not knowing too much Spanish, because the Spanish that he was teaching, it was that good, good Spanish. It wasn't the, the slang that I learned. So I had to relearn Spanish and Stella too. And she would sit down and, and write everything. She was a shorthand lady. She would write shorthand, well-educated. And uh, when she didn't like me, she would write something in shorthand. I said, what did you just put there? I ain't going to tell you. The benefits of being educated <laughs> and knowing shorthand, which they don't use it anymore, was very powerful in my life. She probably said, I really hate you right now, but I love you anyway. <clears throat> so durable. We sat two years with that teacher. We were the worst class 
in all of the Bible school. We were what you call the outcast. The outcast. But this teacher was so smooth, so patient, and so powerful with his words that even when we tried to rebel as a group, he would put us under subjection by the spirit and by the anointing that he had. Very patiently, he would shut us all up. And you should have seen all those guys we had. They were all rough, crazy-looking animals. And he would just keep us quiet. And we learned how to love that teacher so much because he was a man that was durable. Durable. He withstood the test of time. I met his wife. They both passed away about five years ago. But they were beautiful people, but they were durable. They never looked back and said, I'm leaving. They always said, we're going forward in the mighty name of Jesus. If you're going to be a Christian, you're going to have to be a person that gets tough. If you were tough in the neighborhood, now get tough. I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. I am tough. Call me tough. <laughs> I'm tough. I don't care what trial I go through. I am tough. I will endure it. If it hurts, I will endure it. If I want to quit, I won't quit, but I'll endure it. If I want to run away, no, I won't run away because I'm tough. God is making me into a tough individual and yet making me into a godly person. So this is good when you can say no to sin and yes to God. No to sin and yes to God. Because the devil will paint you a pretty picture that you will never get hurt because you're going to do evil. No, you'll get hurt because Sin always pays you back. What you sow, you will reap. So listen to me. Learn how to make up your mind. For many are called, but few are chosen. If I am chosen, I am not going to quit. I'm going to let every single thing make me tough. And when I'm tough, I'm going to stand and I'm going to show the world that I am living for God and not living for myself. Turn around and tell your neighbor, be tough, neighbor. Don't be a sissy. Nobody wants to say it. It's okay. The wife said, don't call me that. Yes, dear, okay. I've seen some tough guys, man, they're tough, and the lady says, shut up. And they keep quiet. And I go, what's up, man? I thought you were the, you know. Well, you know, got to please her. Okay. You got to live with her forever, so you do what you got to do to live. (laughs) The book of Ephesians chapter (laughs) 6. Chapter 6. See, Paul compares us like to a warrior, but at the same time, as we're here for Veterans Day, when I started thinking this when I was praying. I looked at my father, that he was in the Navy, and he retired from the Navy. And I looked at him, and I was a little boy, and I remember him telling me, look at these ships. I was in World War II. Look at these ships. And if I remember correctly, the destroyer that he was in was either 72 or 74. 
And it was a huge, huge ship. He says, that's where I was. And he would tell me, the reason why I went to war is because I love my country. I love the US. And I went to war. And I want to say to all you veterans, thank you. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. <clears throat> Thank you for your service because you gave yourself to a task that was bigger than yourself. And little did you know that you were going to lose people and the value of your friends was so deeply rooted that you don't realize how rooted it was until you lost them. And when you, lost, you lose somebody in battle, that's what makes you go forward, not backwards. So you become tougher. If he can give his life for this war, I'm giving my life for them. So the beautiful thing is that Paul understood this. And we have several veterans here, but I want to say I love you a lot. And I appreciate every one of you. And here's Paul, and, and he says these words in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against power, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in, in that evil day, having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girded about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all things the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to, qu to quench the, all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray always with prayers of supplication in spirit and watching whereunto with all perseverance and supplications for all the saints. For, and for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mysteries of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. What a powerful statement. Since I'm a warrior, say it with me, I'm a warrior. A warrior becomes durable because he's learned how to fight. He's learned how to lose people on the left and on the right. And when he loses people, it gives you more of a heart, more of a passion that I'm going to fight for each other. That's the way we have to have a picture in our minds that we are not living for ourselves. We are living for somebody else. We're living for the neighbor that's right next to you. We are living for our kids that are next to us. So we as men and women, we have to get up and say, I love and I value my family. I love you. I love my, my friends. And I am doing war against the wiles of the devil. So when the devil comes to hit me, I am not going to give up. I don't care how strong those principalities are. I am going to fight back. I'm putting on the helmet of salvation, uh, the breastplate of righteousness, uh, the belt of truth, uh, my shoes prepared, uh, prepared with the gospel, my sandals, uh, and my shield of faith and my sword. I am a warrior, so I am ready to take on whatever comes my way. I am well dressed. Because God called me to be somebody that has been chosen by him. So be durable. Durable. 
able to resist wear and tear. Wear and tear. I've been serving the Lord since I was 20 years old. Look at me, I'm 71, headed to 72. And I'm still as strong as I was then. And I still feel that, that energy inside of me. I'm telling you, I, I don't feel my age. I feel younger than Reuben Jr. <laughs> I had to throw that in Reuben. <laughs> so God wants us able. Can you say amen? Tell your, turn around and tell your neighbor, be, be a warrior and be available. And be durable. You know, how many here have ever gone through a huge trial and you cried like a baby? Nobody saw you, but you cried. Now all the heads are going like that. <laughs> Nobody seen you, but you cried, right? You didn't know if you were going to make it or not. But you decided you were. And every, everything comes down to a decision that you make in your life. If you make that decision, then you'll prosper. Then you become a chosen one. But if you become a chavala and a baby, and you quit, you just lost everything. You lost your blessing. Get back in line and let God bless your life. Can you say amen? And if you tell me, I can't put up with this woman. Well, she can't put up with you, but you both made the decisions, so and now you've got to put up with each other. You need to put up with each other. It's like losing people in war. If you lose your wife, you lost a good thing. If you lose your husband, you lost a good man. And what I'm saying, whoever you're with, stick it out with them. For better or for worse. Why do you want to trade that woman in for a Chevy when you got a Cadillac? Why do you want to trade that woman when you have a Mercedes-Benz for a darn Hyundai? Durable. Say it with me. I'm going to be durable. Second thing that we're going to need is we're going to need direction. Direction. Do you know where you're going? Or are you just coming to church and starting to find out what you're supposed to be doing? And that's good. But if you're just a person that just comes but don't know where you belong... It's time to ask God, what do you want me to do? I need direction. Some of you are great ladies. I need great ladies that will stand up and say, you know what? I want to do something for God. Where can I exist? Where can I be used, Pastor? Because I do need ladies to pray for other ladies, to accomplish things for other ladies. I can't deal with ladies. I can say hi, bye. I don't want to be counseling ladies. I need ladies to counsel ladies. I can counsel the men, but I need ladies that will extend themselves for the pastor to accomplish things in the church. I don't know why I said that, but that's good. Anyway. <laughs> 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 26 and 27. It says, therefore run, not as uncertainly, so fight. I not as one that beateth the, wind, the air. 
But keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. A castaway means that you did not qualify the task. You gave up, basically. You gave up. So here it gives you a picture that you and I need to come to a place where we look at, a, we look at an athlete. Well, an athlete has to train. He has to do everything that he has to do. But Paul right here is saying, I'm training, but I'm training in the spiritual work. When the, when the air hits me or when something hits me, he says, I bring my body under subjection. Sometimes your body will like to rebel. Your body will say, you know what, let's just party. Let's just go out and have a good time. But if you're a woman of God and a man of God, you'll say, no, no, I'm not going to do that. I came out of that. I'm here because I mean business with God and I want to serve God. So I bring my body under the subjection of the Holy Spirit so that I can do the Holy Spirit's work. So sometimes you've got to tell yourself, Johnny, don't be doing that, fool. Or you got to tell yourself, whoever your name is, don't be doing that, fool. You're not that person anymore. And when you make choices like that, you cut down the powers of the flesh. You cut down the powers of the devil. You cut down every wind and doctrine that the devil is trying to put in front of you. And you say, I'm not going that way. I am going to obey and I'm going to do the work that God called me to do. So Paul was knowing, he knew exactly the things that he had to do. The Bible says that Paul took off to Saudi Arabia when he got converted. For three years, he spent it in Saudi Arabia, there in the desert, emptying himself out of all the religious things that he had. Literally, he had to empty himself out. He didn't want to preach. He didn't want to do nothing until he got a new man inside of him. He rearranged the furniture, threw away the old, and brought in the new. And sometimes we got to do it ourselves. I don't care if you were a Catholic, a Baptist, a, a Jehovah. I don't, care, I don't care about that. Realign yourself with the Word of God. The Word of God will change who you are. Will change everything about you and make you into a brand new person. Brand new person. I remember Stella used to tell me a lot of things. She said, I feel like killing you right now, Reuben. But I submitted to the Holy Ghost. He told me to cook some food for you. <laughs> and I will go, Shatalabosata. Couldn't trade a Cadillac. So it takes time to empty yourself out and to become a brand new person. And I believe there's some of you here that God is allowing you to go through all kinds of things, not because they're evil, but because he wants some things out of you. Some things are out of control in you, and those things are bringing out the out of control so that you could see it in front of you and do something about it and rebuke it and say, you know what? I'm not going to be that person that I used to be in the world. So you need direction. Simply getting around the circle of people that will help you. Look around the church. Who can help me? Now, if you're a guy, don't be looking for a girl to help you. <laughs> look for a guy to help you. If you're a girl, look for a girl to help you. Other words, we're going to have a big old capirotada, you know, <laughs> pudding. We're going to have a lot of bread pudding. It doesn't gonna, it's not going to look good 
because now you're hooking up instead of serving God. I'm coming, hallelujah. So we're going to have to get some kind of direction. You get, get around leaders that know where they're going. Get around with sisters that know where they're going and let them give you direction. That way they help you and this church can become more powerful than what it is. Because now we're all headed the same direction. We're thinking alike, we're acting alike, and we're helping people get up from the trash that they were in into a beautiful place called the kingdom of God. So we need to be people of direction. The other thing that Caleb had, he had those two things, but the other one that he had, he had determination. If you're going to be powerful for God, you're going to have to determine yourself. Not only to be durable, not only to know where you're headed, but you're going to have to determine that you're going to finish the race that you started. This is what 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Paul was determined. Right in the middle of the jail, he's writing out to Timothy, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Determined to finish the race. Determined to finish the race. Not to give up and not to give in to the flesh. Because your worst enemy is you. The I, yayay. Once the I steps in, then you want to do it your way. But if you get the I out of you, then you want to do God's will. Not my will, but your will be done, Jesus. Your will be done. So you're, you're going to wrestle with the I, the I, the I. How do you wrestle with that I? You have to take that, that thing, I, I will do my will. You're going to have to take the I and go into your closet and pray it out. What do you want me to do, God? I'm feeling this thing that is so ugly. No, I'm going to pray it out. I'm going to pray it out, and I'm just going to pray it out. I don't want to do what I want to do, God, no more. I want you to fill me with the Holy Ghost, and I want to do what you want me to do. The day that you get there is the day that you crossed over. Because there are so many decisions that you're going to have to make with yourself. With yourself. I decided I'm going to serve God regardless. What have you decided? Have you decided to serve God regardless? Say yes or no. <laughs> I'm preaching to you. <laughs> so I want to know what you're going to do. When it gets hot and when you get all frustrated and when you lose your temper and, and when you're, you get hit with all kinds of temptations, what are you going to do? Are you going to tell the I, 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 you ain't going to do it? Are you going to tell yourself, shut up, self? I'm not going to do it. Are you going to go into that closet and say, I'm not going to do it? I'm going to stay the course regardless of what happens. I'm not moving. When I don't know, I'm not moving. I'm just going to stay there until God tells me or delivers me from this temptation. From this I, 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 I. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 and 25. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may be obtaining, obtained, and every man that striveth for the mastery is 
temperate in all things. Now they that do it, do it to obtain a corruptible, a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible crown. I like what he says, that I may obtain and, let me find it here. Let me start all over, okay? But one, but one receiveth the prize, so run that you may able to obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery, mastery is temperate in all things. Say with me, temperate. You know what that word means? Stay in balance. Don't be an extremist. Remember the seesaws? How many remember the seesaws here? You remember the seesaws? Okay, you're kind of my age. <laughs> remember, remember one used to sit on that side of that, that board and the other one on this side. So he used to go up and down on that seesaw. Well, what he's saying here, be temperate. Stay in the middle of that seesaw so that you won't go to extremes. Because once you go to extremes, you'll get stuck in one extreme or the other. So you're going to have to learn how to live balanced. Balanced. That see, people think that when they get saved, they got to have this, this face that is pious, this face that you're a serious Christian, that you can't laugh, you can't wear makeup. Listen, sisters, if you need makeup, please put it on. <laughs> Because I've been to a lot of places. That they look pale, man. Who are you? I said, oh, my God. I don't want to say it, but some escape. Put it on. <laughs> Be temperate. That doesn't mean that you put on a thick old mask. That means that you put a lightly mask so you could look a little bit better than what you do. <laughs> and if you need wipers, flappers. Put them on. Stella used to wear two at a time. I said, wow, man. I, thought, I felt like I, you know, I was an acid freak, so I looked at her. I said, man, they look nice. Freaky. But anyway, temperance. We need temperance in doctrine so we won't go to the extreme fighting with people. Because you're holier than thou. No, no, no. Remember, you were a sinner. Temperance. You don't go to the extreme where you can say, Sister, you shouldn't be wearing that. Temperance. You used to wear that. How did God take it away from you? Be nice to them and just temperate. Don't be such a bully that you're a religious leader now and you're so holy. Ain't nobody holy. The only thing that holy is, is the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. That's what holiness is. Yeah. So, let's have some temperance. Tell your neighbor, let's have some temperance, neighbor. We used to, they used to preach to us. I used to preach it. Don't go to the movies. Now I go to every movie that's nice. I was, I was too extreme. I could go watch a movie with my grandkids, sit down, something that's not bad, but just right, you know, temperance. But I'm not going to be so holy that I can't do certain things. There's certain things I could do. It don't bother me. But if I know I stumble my brother, I'm not going to take him with me. You know, 
If he's a holy man, real, real holy, and he doesn't agree with it, okay, well, let's, let's go eat, get you a hamburger or something, ice cream, and let's talk. But I'm not going to invite you to the movies because I'm going to stumble you. Yeah. You know? That doesn't mean that you go drinking. No. Temperance, I have enough water, enough orange juice, enough Coca-Cola. I don't need no drink. I got the Holy Ghost that keeps me alive and well and preserved, preserved. So you got to determine to be in that balance. If you're in that balance, you could do anything that you put your heart to do. And I want to read you a story about being determined, okay? I found this little story about Mr. The little boy. His name was, I know I have it here, Cunningham, Glenn Cunningham. Now listen to this. We need more people like this. Glenn was a burn victim when he was a young boy. He was a boy that lost 10 of his toes. He was a boy who was told by the doctor he would never stand again. Eight to 11 years old, but that day after that day, he would tell his mom to stand him against the wall. Day after day, he stood against the wall until one day he stood up. 11 to six years old. After that, they told him he would never walk. Day after day, he would take one step and fall until one day he walked 16 years through 19 years old. After that day, they told him he would never run like no other kids. They would never run like kids. Day after day, he tried until one day he ran. But, but what made this boy so special is that he broke the record for, for the one mile with a wooden leg. And he won. Whenever they tell you that you can't, always say, I can. Never, never give up. Be determined to stand up like that little boy against that wall and say, I'm going to stand. And when they told him, you're not going to walk, he stayed on that wall until he walked. And when they told him he couldn't run, he ran, even if it was with the wooden leg. Don't ever put boundaries on you. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me daily. Don't ever look at yourself as a dumb person. Look at yourself the way God looks at you. My creation, my beautiful creation, that I put my spirit in there, that I worked a miracle in your life, and I can do anything that I set my heart to do with you. So I want us to stand right now real quickly. Those ingredients we need to have so that we could never quit and so that we could be like Caleb. I'm going to finish. I want every head bow, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for our church. I thank you for sincere people, Lord, that love you. Sincere people that care for you. 
Lord, I thank you for honest hearts in this church and those that are watching me through the live stream and those that are outside. God is looking for you to be honest. So many times I've had to come with God and pray and say, I got to be honest with you. Lord, you need to help me so I can accomplish what I need to accomplish. And the Lord always shows up, always works a miracle. He's never failed me. And even when it seemed like a failure, it's because he was trying to open another door for me. Because he always loves us, he always takes care of us, but few are chosen. Be the one that's called to be chosen and to be complete in Christ Jesus, no matter how hard it gets. Heavenly Father, I ask you that you will embrace this congregation, embrace the people that are seeing me, embrace the people outside. I pray for your huge arms will just come down on us and just touch us right now. And devil, I rebuke you. You're a liar. And now the father of lies, but God is much greater than you. May the blood of Jesus cover us all in Jesus' name. Just close your eyes. You say, Pastor, God spoke to me today, but I'm not saved. I made a lot of mistakes. But I know that if I was to die today, I would not make heaven my home. If you're here and you say, Pastor, I need Jesus in my heart. I want you to do me a favor. Lift up your hand real quickly and say, I'm here and I need Jesus real quickly. Would you lift up your hand quickly? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift it up high where I can see it. Okay, I see one hand back there. Where I can see it. If you lifted up that hand, I want you just, would you come over here real quickly? I want to pray for you way back there. Come on. Before I open up this altar call. <clears throat> Hallelujah. So every head is bowed again. Say, Pastor Ruben, I need prayer. I've been battling all these battles. They've been crazy battles. My mind, my mind has given me so much trouble. But today, I'm just going to give it up to God. I'm going to get rid of the eye. I'm going to say to God, here I am, God. Change me. I want to open up these altars. And I want you to come and you say, Pastor, you know, God talked talk to me pretty simple, but yet he spoke to me. I want you to come real quickly and say, you know what? I need prayer. I need prayer. I need to get this thing off of me and I need prayer real quickly. Those that are over there, just stand right there, Papa, right here. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Come on, real quickly. Real quick.